live in the dungeon. This is the Dream Warrior Review. I'm Kurt Thomas. I'm Nick Strawn. And this is episode 101. As we continue our discussion concerning A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. If I had to sit down and watch a movie, if I'm having a bad day and I want to watch a movie that I don't really have to think about, but that is super fun and I enjoy and that makes me feel good, I'm, I think I'm going to sit down and watch Nightmare on Elm Street 4 because for me, it's it's fantastical. It's colorful. It's lively. It makes you energized. It's like hanging out with your friend that doesn't... Uh that doesn't require anything of you. Not not right. not your friend that uh-huh. really, you know, starts to think about, you know, uh worldly stuff and things like that. You know, it's it it's yeah. it, it's like hanging out with a friend that just, you know, sits on the other s- side of the sofa and occasionally looks at you and goes, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I I have to say like so Dream Master is the film that like when I'm sick, it's so funny, it's so weird. I don't know if the two correlate together. But like I um I get sick a lot. So like I when I'm like recovering from my sickness, yeah. I always want to like order pizza and watch Dream Master. And that's what my well, I was gonna say that's what my dad used to do when I was little. And so we used to order a pizza and watch Dream Master right when I was like <laughs> getting better from like a cold. Great. And so now I always know I'm getting better when I'm like, oh, I'm craving a pizza and watching Dream Master. <laughs> and it's like you literally just like you said, like you just don't think. You just yeah. you, just, you just, watch just watch it. it. It's not a, a vegetarian meatballs on your pizza page because watching <laughs> right. Dream Master, I was like for a period of time, and even still to this day, I was like, can I have meatballs on my pizza, please? And I would, like, no, you know, no, no, dig you in and be like, little meatballs. <laughs> we, well, yes, I do, but I just actually found vegetarian pepperoni. So now Ooh. I'm like, I can't wait to put it on a pizza and watch Dream Master. <laughs> <laughs> I think Danny Danny Hassel said that it's a, a popcorn movie. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, is. Exactly. Yeah, it is a pop- it's popcorn. And Alice I don't know what a popcorn, popcorn movie is, but that's pizza a... in it. It's a very food-centric movie. Yes. It, hey, There's a lot of food of it, in it. It is. <laughs> it is a food. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Movie for foodies. Movie for foodies. The Crave yeah, In. Right. The Crave In. The pizza, oh the meatballs. God. Alice's are giant Pepsi, soda yeah. with her popcorn. Right, the soda and the popcorn spilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Popping pills like popcorn. We've got the salad at the very beginning. What the hell is he, a rabbit? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Lots of food. Lots of food going on. <laughs> Wow. Come to think of it, part five you, was the hey, same way. Deandra? Like they are, were stuffing Greta. Are you, are you hungry? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just asking. Well, just... Paige started talking about pizza, yeah. and I was like, mm, Ooh, pizza. Mm, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie's face, mmm, pizza. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe that's too the far. symbolism. Maybe that's why I always craved pizza when watching it, because like, his face looks like a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. So what would you guys say is hands down your favorite scene in Dream Master? And the room goes Wow. <laughs> I have two favorites. Yeah, I have so many favorites. I really do. Actually three. Um, <laughs> See, it's hard to narrow it down. You can say all three. Go for it. Yeah, you know, everybody give the three favorite scenes. Okay. Right? Three. Okay. Oh, and then we'll, we'll okay, one. two. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I get narrowed down to uh, I love I love the junkyard. I I, I love well, the, that's close the, to your heart because you basically built it, right? 
Well, I did build it, yeah. but I mean, I just just the look of it, the the look of everything, and the in the dog pissing. Yeah, I, I love the dog pissing scene, and 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 the look of everything, and 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 I still to this day, I think one of my favorite shots, and this is going to be funny, but it's the dog running away <laughs> because the dog knows better than all I'm humans. Here. Yeah, I'm done with this. Well, if you had flaming urine, wouldn't you be running away too? Hey, you know I think what? I've got I'm a bladder infection. Right, I'd be trying to find a doctor, uh, and I think that Doctor yeah. Griffith. <laughs> and uh, let's see, another favorite scene. Oh, I like Andre sitting up in the in the uh, casket. Uh, I really do. Hello, ah. babe. Hello, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I I just love that scene, and 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 as far as a third goes. Uh, the very, very end with uh, tearing Freddie, uh, you know, the, the tearing Freddie's face apart is amazing. Yeah. That's mine. Love it. Okay. Correct. I put mine in three categories. Kind okay. Of. Oh, I So, okay. I'll just get, get my favorite death out of the way. Okay. And that was the waterbed, Joey in the waterbed. Oh, yeah? Because, I mean, what young lad Rodney like me, Eastman. when I was a young lad, I had pictures of ladies on the wall, and mm-hmm. I used to think about them. I'm like, I really wish they could come out of that poster. <laughs> and I would pray that I could do, get some magic, and I would try to do magic tricks and get them to come out. Like, hey, come out of the poster. Come out of the poster. Then I'd do my little, I don't know. Anyway, never mind. I, I shake my wand around. I have, to, I have to be in the same room with you. you so know I, that, I don't right? believe I just said that. But okay. anyway. Um, All right, Will. Okay. But no, I also had a water bed. Uh, oh. A lot of levels. It was kind of terrifying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Kurt was essentially Joey. Right. Yeah. And I would have reacted the same way. Yeah, I, but he hasn't shut up. I wouldn't have questioned why is there a woman in my water for bed? a wet dream. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. So really, the other category is best scenes overall, and I would say my number, well, my runner-up would be the theater scene when Alice falls into the the, the yeah, screen. Yeah, that is pretty. I just like that effect and yeah. I like how it looks and everything's perfect about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my Favorite scene out of all is when he's getting torn up at the end. All yeah. his arms are coming out, yeah, ripping him apart. It, I just, just love mm-hmm. that. It, it is the best ending of, of a horror film, yes. I think. It, yeah. it, it rates up there with It. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It and The Thing. Uh, it, it, you know. I vaguely remember The Thing. I need to watch that one probably. <laughs> it's been a while. It's so cool. So it is, it's, the, it's so iconic, like his death in this film. Okay, Deandra, your turn. Paige, go ahead. Oh. You want me to go ahead? Okay. <laughs> go ahead. So I'm still um, thinking. My my I'll start with my favorite. Like my favorite scene is when Alice falls through the glass in the church and she stands up and the door opens and it's the music and the whip from the door and Freddie says, Welcome to Wonderland, Alice. <laughs> right. Like that is my my hands down favorite scene. Um, in the film and then I love when he comes up behind her and he says I've been guarding my gate for a long time bitch and he like throws her like just from the start of that scene until the end of it like I love that whole thing my second favorite is the junkyard and the whole junkyard like montage I love but my favorite thing about the junkyard is when the camera zooms out (laughs) and you see the like ring of like the lens but you see the entire shot it is so It's so creepy, I would say, like, to, like, look at it from that aspect. And, you know, Kincaid is screaming, you know, Freddy's back, Freddy's back. Like, that whole thing, I just... Aren't you glad I won my argument? Yes. 
Yes, because <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. And then my third favorite is the theater scene. Like I love where her shoe falls yeah. off and the popcorn falls off, mm-hmm. and then it just—it's so There's beautiful. So we watched it um, last week, and just seeing you know Alice float through the air. Like we, I had to slow it down to watch it because it was so cool to just watch her like fly and then hit the screen and go into it. It's just, it's one of the most Did amazing you ever guess scenes how in any, any film. Um, I've was seen she... a little bit of how it was done, like behind the scenes about how like it, the set was literally turned on its yes. side, but I've never seen how like mm-hmm. she was thrown through the air. I've never seen how that was done. Yeah, well, it's in it's in the book. It's in the upcoming book. <laughs> surprise, upcoming. surprise! Oh, it's <laughs> like one long promo for this amazing book it, it that is. we all can't wait to pick up. It There's is. Three commercials in. <laughs> there is going to be a commercial. Deandra, your the turn. Hello. All right. Right now, we're um, before we read. I know it. everybody has already said the end, so I feel like I love the end, but I'm gonna try and shake it up a little bit. So. My top three favorite scenes. All right. I'm going to get the one out of the way that I feel kind of guilty to admit. But uh, I love the junkyard scene. But there is something personal about that. (laughs) I had a huge crush on Freddy. And I still might. But when he's walking around that junkyard scene and he like makes those little like growls. I was like. (laughs) So. To this day, it still holds a very fond memory to me. He's like, uh, like I was like, oh, and he just <laughs> the way he moves through there with the shadows, and he saunters with that Kruger swag yes. that he's got through those shadows. It's great. I mean, that that is such a great scene. And when he says that line, I'll see, or Kincaid says, I'll see you in hell, and he pulls him closer and says, tell him Freddie sent you. I just, I love that. And then my second favorite scene, I would say, is, oh, son of a gun, I'll have to get back to it. Because, oh, no, no, it's the first, the very opening, when that New Line logo starts to form and you hear that beginning of Tuesday night song, it sends chills down my spine because it brings back a lot of memories and it just is the very beginning of one of my favorite nightmare movies. And from that point throughout that very opening dream and she comes in and she looks at the house and she, she asks, where's Freddie? And Beginning it's that little chalk yeah. drawing. I love that opening. Well, the music brought so chills in my spine for Powerful. Yeah. That little, that little oh. girl. That, yeah, the little girl was the awesome. Little girl. <laughs> the whole beginning is awesome. So that's the great. same girl from Dream yeah. Warriors. That's Creepy the same girl. Yeah. Was, that in, was that intentional? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> a definitive yes. 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 Mix like everything was intentional. It was all it's stuff. all intentional. <laughs> there are no accidents in movies. <laughs> Between three and four. <laughs> um, and then last but not least for me is the scene when Alice gets ready and you've got that rock music in the background and she's clearing everything off yeah, and taking down the really pictures. It's just such an empowering moment. And there's a girl yeah. who actually recreated that scene on YouTube and it's really oh, awesome. Really? I love to watch it. <laughs> but I, that's cool. It's just such an empowering moment. She just stops after the music dies down and she goes, hey, I love it. I love it. Makes me like want to whip off my clothes and like wing them around and be like, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's my fourth Okay. Do what's hilarious. I never realized until this year. So DeAndre and I were in um, Charlotte, North Carolina with the Dream Warriors cast. 
and um, I had Ken sign one of my posters, and he wrote on it. And I like looked at the answer, and I was like, "Why did he write this oh, on my poster?" On. And she's no, listen. She's like, she's like, because that's what he says. This entire time, I always thought he said "fuck Kincaid," <laughs> like "fuck me," like "oh shit, wake up, Kincaid." I never realized he said "fucking a," and then I correlated it with. Oh my God. So Alice took on all the powers of everybody. And so mm-hmm. she was taking on the power of Kincaid when she said fucking A. My mind was so blown. <laughs> I was like, I I couldn't let it go. We were there at the convention for a couple of days. I like I could not let it go. I was like, I can't believe I've gone 20 years thinking this like line was that line. And then in one moment, I was my mind, my whole theory of everything about nightmare was completely blown. It like blew my mind. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's that's good. Yeah, that's as ob- oblivious as I can be. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I don't feel bad. Have, like I've shared with you before, it's happened to me recently multiple times. <laughs> so. <laughs> I've been like, oh, oh, yeah. wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Listen, I can't know everything about Nightmare. I can't know every single thing. Well, you you come pretty damn close, all right? Yeah, so I will say, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> you had like a, a huge hand in uh, the scene when Alice is driving and she goes to Ram and to Kruger, right? And he's standing there in the right. I got us in the I roadway. Got us out of that. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. Such a bad. We were we were in the worst meeting ever, the worst meeting ever. The uh, the you know the meeting where uh, everybody's brain is just leaked out through the, their ears, and and you've been there for two hours, and you're coming up with really stupid ideas. <laughs> yeah, we had Freddie in an airplane. We, we we had Freddie literally in an airplane. Well, listen, we saw how that worked out in Freddie's Dead. I'm so glad you didn't use that in in Dreammaster. You know the great thing about it is you always wonder about your own memory of things. <laughs> and then Rachel Talley goes, "Yeah, yeah, we totally did. We had him in an airplane. He's the he's the uh, he we we were arguing about whether he was the." Um, stewardess or he was the co-pilot we had just crossed the two-hour line right you know and all the creatives everybody's in that room and it, and it's like we're we're go the idea was is we couldn't leave the room until we had it nailed hmm. you know and i just said we just i just thought i thought to myself i'd just as soon run the truck into nothing mm-hmm. and a guy sitting across from me goes well, what would that look like? <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, it would look like it hit, crashed into its own bumper. How about that? <laughs> and, and Peter Chesney just sat right up and went, that's what we're going to do. Meeting adjourned. <laughs> <laughs> Probably to go to the bathroom. <laughs> We're done. You're a decorated war hero. Yes. yes. Isn't that the most? That. Isn't that the most <laughs> talked about scene in Nightmare, other than Tina's yeah. death? Like, it, and doesn't Robert say that that's actually his favorite yes, scene? Yeah, yeah. He likes it's only it one a flaw. Lot. Yeah, bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? The thing that really works cool about it is um, a friend of mine, Jerry Olson, and Jerry Olson talks about this. <laughs> he went out and he did a shot of Freddie that they decided to shoot in reverse. Which is uh, the truck hits? Mm-hmm. Looks like it hits Freddie, right? 
And the way that they did that is they pulled the truck, but they pulled uh, the camera right up to him and then pulled it away as fast as they possibly could so that, so that you, you see him go ah like this and it really looks like it's crashing into him at, at, a, at a high speed. And then they undercranked it also as they did it. So you're just crashing into him. And that's a good setup shot. Mm-hmm. To me, I have to say, I appreciate setup shots for gags. You have to understand that if you make a film, and you guys are filmmakers, and, and, and you need to understand this, is that a gag mm-hmm. by itself needs, it needs to be led into. It needs things to set it up. And Nightmare on Elm Street 4 has some of the classic setup pieces. I'll give you an example. Uh, the popcorn. The popcorn mm-hmm. and the Coke spilling. Mm-hmm. It's very small, but, but it sets up what's going on. And it's, and it's tight. It's very explanatory. And it lets you then move on to a bigger shot that maybe you're not getting the idea and you don't know what's going on unless you're right in there with that little tiny shot to set you up. Mm-hmm. So right. you, you have to you have to remember that when you're doing your shots and you're doing your effects. And it's one of the things that, that tends to get missed a lot these days because we're able to do these super crisp, big, big, big shots. And everybody thinks, well, yeah, but we can understand what's going on in the big shot. But a lot of times you can't, you don't, you know, a good second, a good second unit director and a good effects person will go through the trouble to try and give you setup shots so that you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. We did that um, on our film, like not to shamelessly plug our film, but um, in Don't Fall Asleep, we, well, in Don't Fall, Don't Fall Asleep, the fan film, there was a scene um, that we had wrote where um, it's like Nancy's first dream sequence since being in the mental hospital. And we wanted it to be really big and really grand where she's inside of the boiler room and the smoke is coming and it's like a huge confrontation. And we like, we talked about it and, and discussed so many different ways to like have the scene set up because we did, we wanted something small, something little hint and noticeable right before the big bang, like the Holy shit, she's in the pajamas again and she's in the boiler room. And so, and so what we did was, um, I came up with this idea and like, I feel like Deandra, like she got the image of it and other people like on set were like, I just don't understand like it. And I was like, just trust me, wait until we film it and you'll get it. And what's edited. And, and she literally comes up out of the bed and she's just going and taking her medicine. And it's the most simplest scene where she just, you know, takes her medicine out of the thing and she goes to the water fountain. She does it. And when she ducks down, you just see the hint of Freddie pop up behind oh, her. Right. And she's and she stands up and then when she like turns and walks away, he's like gone and she walks through the door and when she walks through the door, it's like, boom, like, oh, shit, I'm here. And so I feel like those little elements like we got inspired by those elements of nightmare right. that you did. Yeah. Like, you know, the thing with a little popcorn piece falling the out popcorn, of the, 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 the mm-hmm. shadow of the claws, the reflection, right. the reflection of yeah. the barbell. <clears throat> You know, there's there's yeah. a lot of those little pops a lot of shadows before you see. Yeah, yeah Freddy. shadow foreshadowing, like Nosferatu. Exactly, <laughs> and we did yeah. we did that as like a tr- a true homage to like you know Nightmare Three and Nightmare Four, 
you know, when those things happen, you know, or, or the scene at the end of Nightmare 4 where they throw the um, penny into the fountain and you just right, see you the see, ripple just, effect of Freddy go exactly, away. Exactly, yeah. But it's so, those those little elements in film are so important. And those are, are, after you watch it the first time and then you go back and watch it the second time, you get that uneasiness feeling because you start to see those things. Like, you know the popcorn falling. Oh my God, you know what's going to happen. It like mm-hmm. heightens your sense or, or where they're at the fountain, you know, you know, like, oh, she's going to see his reflection. Like, it changes the way that you you look at film. And I totally agree. You know, when you just film like a big gag, but you don't do anything to lead up to it, it's so ineffective. Right, right. Uh, you know, it, I would give an example of how far back this goes. Uh, think of Nosferatu, uh, the yeah. shadow. You know, the, the yes, shadow of Nosferatu. Yeah. Uh, or, up the stairs. Orson yeah. Welles was probably one of the first purveyors of of these really really big shots that are set up with the small shots uh uh he he did a lot of that and and uh you you don't want to waste a really big shot without setting without going through the trouble to actually set it up you know that's uh right it, it, it's it, it's actually got a, a la- it's a language of its own mm-hmm well, it came from silent movies. I mean, yeah, Fritz Lang, you know, this, I mean, the, the thing that I think that's really cool about Nightmare on the Street three and four, one right after the other, is this: is I think that you can find an example of every type of effect, every type of camera effect that's in camera mm-hmm. that had been used since the thirties. Right. Well, twenties actually. Yeah, actually, yeah. actually, could go back to the twenties. And I've said this before, especially on Nightmare on Elm Street Four. If you had been transferred off of the set of just about any film in uh, Hollywood in in like nineteen thirty nine when they had started doing color, there is absolutely nothing. You you could have started work that day. <laughs> you would you would have understood exactly you know everything that was going on. In fact, we were using the same freaking equipment. I think they would have been freaked out by the music, but <laughs> <laughs> the rock ballads with like the electric guitar like would have freaked them out. Yeah. Billy Idol. <laughs> but but I but I'm talking about on set. Right, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about yeah, just the te- all the technical, the side, technical of side of it, all the equipment that's on the set, everything. And you know the funny thing is is that's not even true today. Well, do you think, Mick, that's because you guys were given like a shoestring budget? So you had to like make things work. So you had to resort to a time when like they didn't have crazy budgets for film and the things were effective and they just worked. Do you Simple. Think that's you, right, Simple. Like the simplicity of it. The thing is that, and this is hardly ever pointed out. The Nightmare on Elm Streets had a very mechanical background. If you go all the way back to the revolving room that did the blood gag. Right. Yeah. That was from Fred Astaire. Right. Exactly. I mean, if you, mm-hmm. if, if we were all looking back in history to find our gags, we were trying to do big effects and avoid doing them in blue screen or green screen because that type of mat work was not well done. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, we were at the height of that technology and it still wasn't all that good, especially if you were in a low budget situation. So, you have to see that we were trying to take all of these mechanical and practical effects and see how far we could go with them, which is quite, kind of why four, because four goes on and develops from the point of view of three. 
if you take the two of them together, it's a master class mm -hmm. in how to do all those effects mm -hmm. and how to do all those opticals and everything that you were doing in there. People don't realize this, but when you're in the Roach Motel and Freddie's looking at you through <laughs> yeah. there, mm -hmm. that's shot yeah. in real time. And people don't realize wow. that. That's not a blue screen. That's called rear screen projection. Mm. And what you did is we took that film in the original location, which was in Glendale. We took him smashing it and him looking inside of the box and pictures of his eye, you know, through. We just took pictures of him looking mm -hmm. in. Uh, and then we turned around and we wrapped a screen across the front of the Roach Motel, literally projected that image back onto it so when the film was developed it was done it wow. must have been pretty rewarding as a as a creative and as somebody being able to bring these sets to life in that manner to be able to think about how to bring these nightmares to life and even have a hand in in the creation of the story itself to say you know what can we do how can we make this happen and then actually bring it to life in real time like that it must be so rewarding to see those challenges be overcome and those those that those imaginative elements come to life. I'm going to quote the disaster artist. <laughs> All right, <laughs> with an accent or without an accent? Uh, yeah, oh, hi, with, well, it's not him. It's it's the old lady. Oh, okay. The old lady that was in it that was an extra. And uh, they put they put her oh, through yeah. all kinds of torture and all this crap and something. She showed up the next day and she's sitting out there and he goes, "Well, why would you possibly show up for 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 this? You've been tortured. You've been dehydrated. You've been you know stuck on set for like 12, 14 hours or something like this." And and she goes, "Sonny, mm -hmm. the worst day filming is better than the best day <laughs> not filming." <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, That's what I got yeah. to say. I've never heard that, that before. True enough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I've never heard that before, but I love that. Yeah. It's true. I mean, you know, it, it absolutely was the uh, the best of times. And, and part of the reason that I wrote the book about Nightmare on Street 4 is because there was a spirit on that film of we're going to go forward. You know, we're going to get this thing done. We don't have much time, but we're just going to do it, Right. And everybody that was in it was super young, but at the same time you had you had people that were just about ready to break out everywhere. You know? Uh people the the number of people who were still working in the business ten years on and and were actually getting awards of one type or another was amazing. You know, I mean that they were they're left and right. You can't even just say it was, you know, a couple of people. It was like everybody but me. So <laughs> right. Um, don't look so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, part of the reason that I want to do it is because it was such a positive experience. And this is the thing that everybody said about it. It was an amazing, it was, the, it was that experience where you went from, you know, uh, being a, a pretty good amateur to like honing all those skills. And, and of course, you know, it, it was a business that you hone, you hone those skills right there in front of you. And, and, and we had all been playing with all kinds of different stuff for years, you know, and this was that bringing it all together and, and people didn't argue and there weren't a lot of egos. I mean, you know, you got a brand new group of people all together and Robert, Robert doesn't have an ego. He'll work with anybody. He's an amazing human being. And, um, 
I mean, Rennie could have had an ego, but how could you tell through that damn accent? So, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it just all pulled together right there. That's amazing. Well, there's your promo yeah. right there. There's your promo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> my book. <laughs> Behind the Screams, the story of the making of Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Be there or be square. Okay. I'm going to go 4.7. Yes, wow. I'm Very sorry. Nice. I, I did. Like I lawyers. said, you know what? I, I... Oh, Mick, I, stop stroking your ego. Hey, I was there, too, damn it. Well, he was one of the writers. Just, come on. <laughs> I like it just just because <laughs> this is going to be weird. For for a serial killer, I thought that he had an incredible energy. <laughs> <laughs> no, wow. like I said, I, 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 Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is the better film, but I like this one better. That's just all there is to it. I, I love the graphic look of it. I, I love Andres Jones's performance. I love everybody's performance all the way through. Um, I think Freddie is amazing in this one. I love looking at all the effects and here's the thing. I probably see more effects in it than anybody else because I know every one of them, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, and to top it all off, I get to see the church at the end that everybody that no everybody said that it wasn't going to work. And I love the fact that it fools even me and <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Right. I mean, it, it fools everybody. And, 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 you know, I, I look at it and I, I think I don't know why. Even I think of it as a complete four wall, complete set and, and. I just love that. I love the faces getting torn apart and the fact that it really ends. And there's something about the end that kind of reminds me of, um, of, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's something about it that it has that completeness, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark had a great ending. And so the, so did this. And it had a lot of the elements of, of, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know? You know, the ghosts going around and, right. and all the rest of that. Your turn. Well, I'd hate to follow that, but let me look at my spreadsheet. I'll see what I gave three. Oh, you're, you're impossible. No, I don't really have right? a spreadsheet, but uh, I, I think I gave, I gave three 4.6. I actually still like that one more. So this one, I did get some points. You guys convinced me a little bit on certain points, and I, I totally agree that I love the final girl on this one. So I get points there, but then I take points away for the comedy show that Freddy Krueger was doing the one-liners, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger lines, you know. Um, so I, I, I'm probably it's I'm, right. I'm making it sound like I'm going to rate it really low, but I'm probably still in the fours. I, I give like a four point four, only point two points lower than three. Hmm. That's good. Which makes me think maybe I should go back and rate three higher. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I would say for me, uh, four point five. So it's not as good as Dream Warriors, um, but it's still definitely one of my favorites. So, you know, the, I agree with you. The comedy aspect is something that I'm not a fan of. And so that's why I would deduct points. But overall, I think it's, you know, one of the best in the series. So 4.5 for me. I'm going to give it a 4.7 because um, I love it as a movie. Um, the, the fact that he 
was a little more comedic didn't really bother me as much. Um, I really honestly enjoyed it because I thought it was very thrilling that his personality came through and a lot of the one-liners I really liked at the time. It wasn't too comedic. It was it was just right. Um, I think Freddie is quite attractive in the movie. There's, a, there's an Again, element, I am an sorry for saying that, but all this, that's it's true. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's the man of my dreams. Um, <laughs> I love Alice. I love the deeper themes about growing up and your friends and the people you surround yourself with. I love the music, whether it's the soundtrack or the score. I love the dynamic of the characters. And it's just a very, very fun movie. And while it, it can be a popcorn flick, I think once you sit down and really analyze Nightmare 4, I think there are a lot of really big important themes about being a teenager that are also in the film. So 4.7 for me. Love my dream, dream master. What are you up to? So, so Elm Street Radio has a huge event. Do you want to talk about it, Deandra? Sure. Um, Elm Street Radio is uh, in Columbus, Ohio on August 29th. Um, is going to be hosting an, a screening for the 30th anniversary of A Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master for its 30th anniversary. There are actually four screenings, um, that Friday, Saturday, and then that Monday. And then that Wednesday, it's like a Freddy Palooza. There's going to be a panel of filmmakers. Um, there are some special offerings from the Film Center. It's at Gateway Film Center at 9.30. Costumes are welcome. There will be nightmare music, some food specials, including pizza. Um, you can dress as anybody from Nightmare or any any 80s costume you want. Just come out and have a good time. And, um, yeah, all, all kinds of other special things. So it's, it's, it's on the Elm Street Radio Facebook page. But... There's also some exciting stuff going on for Fredhead, so hit him with it, Paige. Yeah, so that so that weekend after the Elm Street Radio event, we are filming our largest filming event to date, which is Horror Hound Weekend, and um, we're super excited. We hired a cinematographer. He'll be there following everybody around. We're taking fan stories again. We've got some really cool, like things that we can't talk about um one of them is possibly a freddy confessional and so i'm super oh my god i'm so excited for like the fans to see what we've what we've built it's pretty cool um i i can't i want so badly to tell you guys (laughs) what it is (laughs) Um, but when you see it like it is it's so awesome like what they're gonna do um but it's just going to be a really fun event. We have a whole bunch of new merch that we're going to be selling. Um, and it really is, um, it's just going to be a huge, huge event for us. And we're excited to kind of go out with a bang in the convention scene. We've got a, some other stuff that we have to film. We might pop up at a couple other conventions. But this is like the really big one for Fred Heads. And so we're excited. If this comes out before Horror Hound, we're super excited. And we hope everyone comes to it we want it to be like a really good thing cinematically and so that's what we're working on and then from there you know we're just kicking ass and taking names on elm street radio mick what do you have going on yeah mick what are you mick, i feel like <laughs> nick has enough going on let's see i have a i have a book coming out called behind the screams it's gonna be awesome it's a graphic tour de force 
all the the background stories. It's a lot broader than anybody else has done before. If you want to know the nuts and bolts of what happened in one of the most creative and uh, forceful horror films that's ever been made, I believe you, you gotta you gotta read this book. This is this is gonna be this is going to be a must-have for every Freddy fan out there, and I think it's going to be necessary for filmmakers. I feel like it's gonna be a game changer. Because not only is it a behind the scenes of a film, it's almost going to be like a how to make a film. I I think so. Uh, um, Also, I have to say this. There are a lot of people out there that make books about films. Very rarely, though, do the people that work on them make them. People that I found that would never have been found that had really, really interesting stuff to say. And I don't think that I would have had that insight into it. For, for instance, I'll, I'll give you an example of there were only like 30 or 40 people mentioned in the IMDb page about this film. Uh, other than the cast. And there were hundreds of people that worked on this film. So I did my best to go out and find as many of those people as I could. I know where the skeletons are buried. <laughs> well played. <laughs> well played. So there you go. That's uh, that, that's what I'm doing. I can't wait to have it in my collection. Oh, I'm so excited. Mick, is there any way to get a copy of the book and have you sign it? So not just for us, but even other fans who might want you to sign their copy of the book? As a matter of fact, as a matter of He's fact, glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, by, by the end of the week, uh, the website behind the screams book.com uh, is going to have um, is going to have copies for sale. You can buy the PDF, you can buy the book, you can have it signed, whatever you want. Also, you could email me at behind the screams book at gmail.com. Kurt, you got anything up? Oh, I have to read a book called Behind the Screams. And then I'm waiting, desperately waiting for Fred Heads to come out. That's, yes. Yes. Everybody is. Everybody is. We want we want to see Fred Heads so bad. But yeah, if anybody has any projects, I'm kind of bored. So. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh you know what? I'll I I, I <laughs> there prom- you go. I promise to keep him busy. Oh, yeah. We, we have some exciting stuff that we don't know about yet. Yeah, exactly. You guys crack me up. Okay, guys. Once again, it has been amazing. Been Thank so you fun. very much. You guys have a great night. This is Kurt Thomas along with Mick Strong. Thank you for listening to the Dream Warrior Review. If you have any questions or just have feedback for our show, we welcome them at dreamwarriorreview at gmail.com. Of course, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. As always, please follow us and tell your friends about us too.